Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we have a phenomenal guest with us. Yes, I'm talking about Johanna White. So welcome to the show Johanna. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Great, great. But Johanna like before we start our conversation today and delve deep into this topic, uh I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that Johanna is not just a visual branding strategist and an award-winning graphic designer but she is a true brand magician and also a dreamer extraordinaire so as the founder of the design by uh, Joe Studio Johanna believes that excellence should be visually represented so she has spent the past decade working with the individuals startups and fortune 200 brands worldwide helping them attract fan clients uh, the raving fan clients and also the project uh, the premium image they deserve so that's a great thing i'd say and also like uh, but but i i have i have mentioned you the colorful part but her story goes beyond design she is a resilient entrepreneur who defied the odds so several years ago while battling a brain tumor instead of succumbing to challenges she started three companies within a year and her journey is a testament to her determination and belief in limitless possibilities So Johanna joins us today on the show to share insights on capturing authenticity through high impact visual branding empowering individuals and the brands to charge what they are worth. So if you have ever wondered how to embody your limitless potential through the branding and the design you are in for a treat. So welcome Johanna it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here and I love your enthusiasm for what you do. I can already tell this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> that's that's lovely. Listeners you are hearing it is it's a great episode. <laughs> so, yeah. So so Yahana like your journey is truly inspiring I'd say. So I have read your bio and from there like but I I would love you to share uh, with our listeners the pivotal moments that led you to start three companies within a year while facing the challenge of a brain tumor well that's a great question to tie it to the pivotal moment that might help me rein in my life story a little bit so that it fits on this episode 
Um, so I would say yeah. that, um, sorry, froze there for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally fine. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. You froze. So I paused. All it's right. Pivotal moment. We're back and we're good. So uh, I would say I spent the first 25 years of my life playing it very safe. And I didn't do anything risky and I didn't do anything that I could fail at that badly. Because for me, the fear of failing was so scary that I didn't even want to try. I, I feared it above just about anything else. And it kept me from, from doing much at all. It kept me playing it small at a design agency where I was barely using like one tenth of my talents and I was miserable, but I just kept thinking, well, I'm lucky to have a job at all. I'll slowly work my way up here and maybe someday I'll go to New York and I'll join another agency and someday I'll work my way up that ladder and someday, someday, someday. I'll take the risk someday. And then out of the blue, um, I woke up one night with a pounding migraine that lasted for three days. And when it went away, I was left with just the sudden onset of symptoms that partially paralyzed my left side. It caused choking and I lost my voice. My vocal cords collapsed. Food was coming out of my nose instead of going down my throat. And just like all of these super random, very debilitating symptoms happened all at once. And, um, that sent us on a journey of hopping from doctor to doctor to figure out what's going on, all of the rigmarole when you, you get a sudden <laughs> sudden upset. And when the dust settled, they called me and said, you have a brain tumor. And we don't know much about it. All that we know is it's about the size of a, a quarter. And it's on your ninth and 10th cranial nerve. So it's literally wrapped around your, your cranial nerves and one of your jugular veins. Yeah. And so um, this is a big deal. And when I tried to ask them more, what does that mean? What do I do next? All of this thing. They just said, we don't know. <laughs> We're not sure. You'll have to do more tests. You'll have to do more of this, more of this. And it constantly came back with, we don't know. And, and I would get more tests and they would come back with the results are inconclusive. Tumors are like snowflakes. They're very, very different. So um, everything is up in the air and for someone who had spent their whole life doing everything just right and playing it super safe so that I could avoid any sort of uncertainty in my life this was a complete and total upset flip upside down I went from thinking I had forever to um kind of start to step into what I was capable of and that I would be brave someday and that I would take risks someday to realizing I might have six months or six years or who knows, even the doctors couldn't say anything. And so <laughs> I um, took a few days to do what probably most people would do, which is kind of sit there in shock and lick my wounds and get really mad at God and why me? I've done everything right. <laughs> and all of the normal emotions. And yeah. then, um, then I realized that it was now or never. I literally didn't know if I would have time to go join another company and work my way up the rungs and eventually reach what I knew I was capable of doing. It was, you got to do something right now if you're ever going to do it. And the thing that 
scared me the most about potentially dying in that moment was dying with so much of what I knew I was capable of still on the table. Because I could look at my life and honestly say I hadn't even really tried. And that hurt more than anything. And so um, so I quit my job. <laughs> actually within just a few weeks of the diagnosis, because uh, by the time it all swirled around and I went, okay, now or never, uh, it's now. And so I literally walked out the door of my workplace and walked down the street and started knocking on business doors and poking my head in, hey, I'm Johanna. I design stuff. Do you need stuff designed? (laughs) And with a mere eight hours of promised work on the clock, I filed my first LLC officially and um, and started Design by Joe. And people were quickly telling me, you're crazy. You need to quit your job. Yeah, but so that you can rest and so that you can go on Medicaid so that the government can pay for these probably impending medical bills that will be in the hundreds of thousands or maybe the millions. I mean, it's brain surgery, babe. You need to plan for this and insurance isn't going to cover it. And, and, and you need to focus on that. But that pivotal moment was me realizing that if I only focused on what I had just been told and accepted the doctor's word as the last word and simply resigned myself to my fate, it was very likely that I would die. Or let's say I survived it and it took two or three years to, to heal and to have surgeries and to get through it. I would still be three years down the road and I would still be the Johanna who had never actually tried, but I'd have this like (laughs) more to deal with more baggage and I would still have not done anything. And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to wait anymore. And I, I also wanted to give myself something to focus on besides just I'm sick because that thought will spin in your head like a little hamster wheel the and the fear will just keep recycling you're gonna die you're gonna die you're gonna die and it's hard to get better it's hard to heal when all you can think is you're gonna die so I said I need something else to put my brain on (laughs) this is it we are starting designed by Joe And then very quickly, I also realized that I had left a lot on the table. I had a lot of things I was very passionate about and that I loved very much. And so I found some business partners and we started a company called Iconic Moto. We were building cafe racer motorcycles and I was designing the gear to go along with it. And then I also started a company called Uniquely Yoga, um, where I was selling yoga pants made out of recycled water bottles that had um, like cool encouraging sayings on the legs and different things because I I realized that um, motivating myself to stay physically active no matter what was happening to my body was also going to be another big part of my healing and it was another outlet to express some of my love for fitness and then also just to reach more people who might be going through something like me so Helter Skelter, very scrambly. I started three companies in just a few months (laughs) beside each other. Um, To tie a bow on that story, only one is still going. That is designed by Joe. The other two shut down over the last decade. It was just pulling focus and their time had come to an end. But it was enough to um, give me way more to think about than just being sick and something to focus on the other side and set my goals and say, there's a Johanna on the other side of this tumor and she's a badass. 
that's lovely uh, <laughs> that's what uh, what shall i say like it's <clears throat> a lot to lot to uh, learn and lot to uh, understand so that's that's something i would say but here one more thing like uh, facing the uh, adversity uh, often requires a kind of shift in the mindset so how sure. do you maintain a positive outlook and believe in the limitless possibilities during such a challenging time in your life well maintain is a good word but it was more like a roller coaster <laughs> i would get full of faith full of hope and then something would happen that would say no it's healing is not happening and then it would plummet and it would set me back um but i had a couple of really important factors that kind of i think laid the groundwork for my healing journey one was the day after i was diagnosed a very good friend of my family um showed up on my porch he canceled he was a doctor he canceled all his patients for the day he came to my house he showed up on my porch and he said come on we're going for a walk and on that walk he challenged me to um change the way that i spoke about what i had just found out about the diagnosis about my health about about everything and um he reminded me of my faith and he reminded me that my whole life i had said that i believed in god and believed that healing was possible but the second something happened to me i wasn't acting like it and i wasn't speaking like it i was speaking like someone who had no faith at all and only speaking out fear i was telling people i'm sick this has happened oh no this and immediately like jumping on the negative train and speaking out those fears and he said this is your moment and this is the moment you get to decide what happens to you you get to either speak out what you know to be true which is that healing is possible and it is available to you and that you believe it or you get to keep speaking that bad things are happening and you're possibly going to die and so um these days like there are many many books that talk about the power of not just your thoughts and your beliefs but also your words that you speak out loud but this was 10 years ago there weren't so many readily available back then and this was kind of my first um little wake up slap in the face for me to pay attention to the words that were coming out of my mouth and so that was one of the very important things that i chose to do over the next 2 years was to speak out i am being healed um this is happening and i wouldn't deny that something was wrong it wasn't about just pretending that nothing was going on but it was about speak not owning it refusing to own the story so i wouldn't say i have a tumor i would say the doctors have said there is a mass and just literally changing little bits about how i spoke about it so that was the first thing was changing my words and then the next thing was i started to realize that it didn't matter what i said because i didn't really believe it <laughs> i was starting to speak out better words but in my head it was still just endless hamster wheel of fear and i started to see that when i was really panicky or really focused on the pain or really focused on one of the symptoms they would they would get much worse so i would go from um if i wasn't thinking about it i'd be you know getting along okay and then my throat would start to close up from the collapse left side and then i'd panic about it and i'd go from barely breathing to actually passed out on the bathroom floor 
And I started to catch on to the fact that the fear was almost as deadly as the tumor itself. And it is a very powerful emotion and it puts very powerful thoughts in our heads. And so I didn't know yet if I could heal the tumor, but I knew I could do something about the fear. So that was the next thing I chose to do, which was um, get serious about what I put in. And so I started listening to anything I could find on healing, just put it in my headphones. I didn't care who said it or what it said, what sermon it was, what pastor it was from. Like, I didn't care what book it was from. As long as it talked about healing and said, yes, it's possible. I just let it play in the background and kept right on working. And um, because you, you tell yourself, don't be afraid. That never works really, really well. You can tell yourself that over and over, but the thoughts still persist. So I literally felt like I had to drown them out with something else. And my faith didn't feel super strong at the moment, but I borrowed other people's. <laughs> so uh, first I started changing the way I was speaking. Then I changed what was going in. And then I had to just realize that believing something is all well and good. But until you take action on that belief, until you actually have faith and take some steps in that direction, not much changes. So in addition to just speaking it out, I um, got intentional about who I hung out with. I got intentional about um, I would go see the doctors, but then if if there was an option, I would say, no, I'm going to put off that visit here because they're just telling me scary things again and again. Like they would do a new test and say, oh, we think it's bigger, but we still can't help you. And so, so I got tired of having my faith start to climb and then getting a scary report and it would plummet. And so I said, okay, if I actually believe that I am being healed, which I was beginning to see my symptoms reduce, things that the doctors had said, that's nerve damage, this uh, twitch in your jaw or the, the ear problem or the like collapsed vocal cord, that's nerve damage. And so even if we remove the tumor, that will never come back. And they were wrong. It started to come back. The more I spoke out that it was possible and I spoke healing over myself and I spoke faith and I said, um, God, I've like, we're walking in this together. They started to come back. This muscle here in my neck, I'm very proud of it <laughs> because it was completely gone. The sternocleidomastoid uh, muscle was completely atrophied. And my neck looked like someone had scooped it out with an ice cream scoop. Mm. And the doctor said, sorry, but even if we remove this, we, we can't fix that. And it came back. And the craziest thing, though, that really told me the power of belief and the mind in healing was that my symptoms within, within the first year had almost completely healed. But I went to another checkup because I kept wanting certainty and I kept wanting an MRI to prove what I was already seeing in my body. And they did the MRI and it came back and they said, actually the mass is still there and maybe it's bigger. We're not quite sure. And I cried my way home from that visit. I'd gone in with high faith. I'm being healed. It is working. I can see it. And I left with no faith <laughs> and all fear again. And went to bed that night and woke up the next morning with all of my symptoms back plus some just because the doctors said no we have this MRI here to prove you're not actually getting better and so that was 
probably one of the most impactful moments in me connecting the power of our thoughts and our beliefs and what we say to what actually happens in our body. And so I, I jumped on the roller coaster again, spent a couple of days licking my wounds, sobbing, say, doing the normal human thing and saying, this isn't working. But then I realized it had worked once it could work again. I was going to be better at it this time. I was going to be um, even faster to be resilient. And I just started all over again and got healthier and healthier and healthier. So it was less of a maintaining the faith and the resilience and more of every time it plummeted, I would bounce and go, nope, I still have a lot to live for. No, I saw that it started to work. No, I believe in this. And if I didn't have faith, I would call a friend or I'd call a family member and I'd ask them to speak over me or speak to me because they believed also that I could be healed. And I would not take the phone calls from the people who were very worried about me, but only spoke fear. There were many, many people who said, you need to keep going back for MRIs, even though they said they can't help you because what happens if you're not monitoring it? Well, probably the same thing that happens if you are monitoring it, <laughs> except maybe not. I believe that if I had kept going back and kept letting myself fall into fear, it would have halted the healing further. But it's been 10 years now, eight years since I've been to a doctor um, for that. And um, even though I, I believe in doctors very much, I know a lot of them and there are great ones. In my case, it just was not the way that I was that wasn't my healing journey. And I had to release that, let it go and say, okay, even though I don't get a fast miracle, and even though I don't get to show everybody an MRI and prove that I'm not crazy, I get to be a walking, talking, everyday miracle. And I get to encourage people who also, you know, have things that don't come easy, or don't come quick. And they've given up hope. And they've said, well, probably this this could never heal. Well, not if you keep thinking that it won't. <laughs> I'm just listening and uh, I'm uh, really liking uh, the positive vibes uh, coming from you. So it's really great, I'd say. And uh, so here, uh, one thing I would love to mention, like you have a unique blend of work and play in your life, like from designing on... Uh, <laughs> mountaintops uh, to uh, enjoying beachside moments. So how do these experiences contribute to your creativity and approach to your work? Well, they make me more creative. They keep me fresher. They keep me meeting new people. But they also fulfill that part of me that knew there was more to live for, but it wasn't just for work. So I have been very, very passionate about um, life being about relationships and connections and people and adventure and mm -hmm. not simply selling myself to the office of the work that I do, which is why I, at first I worked so hard to build more opportunities for play into what I did. But then I quickly began to realize that my gift of being able to choose joy in any moment and create joy um, with, with extra experiences started leaking in the best way onto my clients and onto the projects and onto the results that they were getting. And it started taking a process branding that for many people is 
a lot of work or it feels overwhelming or it feels dry and boring and something like you simply must do it for your business, but don't really look forward to it. Uh, it took that and turned it into something that's actually an experience for my clients. They love working with me. They, they tell me things like, I've never had so much fun doing any part of my business ever. And when can we do the next thing? And so my, I guess, refusal to give up play as part of what I do has really just elevated the experience for my clients along the way. And it has also continually expanded my knowledge. And, and like uh, this past June, I was in Greece and Italy with a client for almost a full month. We were working on some of her brand photos and just having amazing experiences. And I came home with a whole new eye for different European styles and a whole new appreciation for just life. <laughs> so it, it keeps me fresh. It keeps me excited. It keeps me from being one of those people who shows up at the office, meets a client and says, okay, let's get this done. And it keeps me just on fire for the work that I do. That's lovely. Really lovely. So before we wrap up, I would love to ask you, like, as a resilient entrepreneur, what advice would you give to others who are facing challenges? I mean, whether in their personal or maybe the professional lives also to overcome obstacles and pursue their dreams. <laughs> That's a lot of things to put into one piece of advice, but I'll do my best. I would say that my journey because that's the only advice I can give is what has worked for me. My journey, both in healing my body and then in growing my brand from something nearly invisible to something where I could do six-figure packages was, was a result of massive action combined with massive surrender. And a lot of people know about the action. They know about the hustle. They know about the grind, but they don't know or they're scared to surrender. And so each time it would be this going all out, doing everything I knew to do, and then going, okay, I have done my best, as my dad would say, now leave the rest. <laughs> or in Italy, they call it dolce vita, which means you do every part that is your job, and then you go have a coffee, and you relax, and you, you skip the worry and the fear part. So massive action, and then combine it with massive surrender. Um, leave the worry for someone else because it's not helping you on your journey in either area at all. That's lovely. Great. <laughs> Great. So uh, thank you, Anna, uh, for joining us today. And uh, that is the wrap up of this incredible episode uh, with Johanna Witt White, the brand magician and the dreamer extraordinaire. And we are left with a profound appreciation for the power of belief, resilience, and the limitless possibilities that can emerge from facing life's challenges head on. So we hope that Johanna's story uh, has sparked all of you a renewed sense of uh, hope, reminding us all that uh, with the right mindset and the challenges uh, can be, uh, I mean, transformed into the pos possibilities or the opportunities for the growth and the success. So if you're ready to embark on your own journey of visual transformation and the limitless possibility, connect with Johanna at designed by 
uh, yourstudio.com which is d e s i g n b y j o s t u d i o.com so uh, always remember that great brands don't happen by accident and yohana is here to help you create your excellence uh, by the design so thank you for joining us on this episode of healthy mind and healthy life and be sure to subscribe for more empowering conversations and the stories of triumph over adversity so until next time embrace the power of the belief and may your journey be filled with healing hope and the boundless potential so thank you so much thank you